0: This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South soccer podcast. Do
1: you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth?
0: Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't
1: nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man.
0: We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of the South podcast brought to you by Dirty South soccer. I am Eric Quintana. He's Sam Franco. Payson Schwinn also joining us this evening. Gentlemen, can we start with some good news? I've been kind of uh up and down the Twitter sphere a little bit, looking at all the inflation talk, the gas talk. Can we start with some good news on this podcast? Give the people oh, a break. Good Let's news, do
2: it. I, I thought the good news already happened, and that's that you pronounced Payson's name correctly two weeks in a row. Payson Schwin. So. Twice it, it's in done. A row on the it's first done. try. It's done. <laughs> you I'm got too, it now.
0: It's done. It's it's a muscle memory in the brain. Um uh, Rumors abound across uh, the Premier League that Newcastle looking to unload seven players or there will be an exodus. I don't know if they're looking to unload them, but an exodus of seven players uh, from Newcastle. Miggy Almiron, one of those names. And of course, the rumors immediately began circulating. There was MLS interest, which I would like to remind everyone that just because you're interested doesn't mean you have any capability of actually bringing them in or that you're seriously thinking about bringing them in. It's just interest. Anyways, rumors began swarming that's Miggy back in MLS, and so of course, all the Atlanta United fans, at least, are active on Twitter, raised their hand and said, "Come home, Miggy! Come home!
2: We need it. Gotta have it." <laughs> I'm totally <laughs> kidding, but I mean, I'm not kidding. Of course, you'd want Miguel on your own back, but. Look, this guy's definitely got bigger aspirations. And uh, if he does, you know, change uh, change area codes or whatever you want to call it, uh, I think it'll be uh, a different country uh, code, if you will, probably somewhere remaining in Do they do? Uh, do, they, do, they do
0: Europe. Air, I was going to say, do they do area codes in, in Europe like they do here? Well, there's country codes. I don't know if they do yeah, area codes.
2: So, yeah, the, yeah well, he'll be changing codes. It'll just be country <laughs> codes, not. Uh, You know, an area code coming back here, the 404, as much as we would want that to be uh, a case uh, that he comes back, uh, just uh, keep on dreaming. Although I will say that, you know, Eric was talking about an exodus from, uh, you know, Newcastle, and it reminds me uh, of the the lyrics of the great uh, Bob Marley, you know, where it's, uh, um, you know, open your eyes, look within. Are you satisfied with the life you're living? Miguel, you got to ask yourself, you know, you, you have much more fun. If you take that exodus and come home, baby, just bring it on home.
1: We'd welcome them with open arms and open pocketbooks. But I do not, I do not, I do not see it happening, my friends, but I, I, uh, I I saw where, where
2: where, would he go? Like, where would be a good place for him to go? Like, I feel like
1: don't do
0: this. (laughs) What do you <laughs> mean, don't like, do this not, 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 I mean I'm just now, saying like where would
2: you want to see Miguel Alameda play you want to see him in like the biggest clubs I don't want to see him go to like I don't know some club that I'm never going to see on TV or anything like that you know what I'm saying oh like,
0: that's true that's true okay so you're talking about specifically within Europe
2: yeah I wasn't I'm not okay. talking about like I thought you were a, talking MLS. about a specific
0: team within MLS uh but,
2: oh no 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 I, look, no because no, no. I, I know what you're going to do
0: with that <laughs> I I uh I'm of the belief that there's there's no way he gets back to MLS. It, it, if he gets back to MLS, he's definitely not going to be with Atlanta United because one, Atlanta United already has three DPs. Um, and it's I don't think it would be that easy to move um, any of them, for really. Uh, and so you're looking at a, a, a situation where I, I've seen a couple of tweets of like, you know, Atlanta would move heaven and earth. And I was like, you're going to be really upset with yourself when Atlanta does nothing. Um, with an Almiron move to MLS, if it a- actually happens, but I think we're on agreement. Elmerone I mean, is too good to 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 come back to MLS. He wasn't really be able to kind of like uh, uh prove himself, you know, if, with Newcastle. Um, I've heard I, I've heard uh, you know I've seen tweets and, and stuff around saying that you know Spain would be a good fit for him, and I I, yep. I think it's I agree. Spain. Just the the style of play with most of the clubs where it's just a lot of uh it's just a lot of speed you put him ability. on
1: atletico madrid that would be I think he awesome oh yeah fit, yeah counter you yes. and he loves to he loves that defense he loves to play defense and then counter that's what i'm saying uh, he would
2: fit that system that diego simeone runs there in the spanish capital perfectly i would love to see that happening and this is coming from a guy who supports real madrid
1: so oh, i'm no. just saying that <laughs> I, would, I would oh no i would even it's a family thing. I don't want to get into it. I've explained Okay, we won't it. have to get into it. We can get into it uh, in a private side conversation later. But, yeah, I can see him see him there or, you know, Valencia or any of those smaller, you know, slightly smaller Spanish clubs. I think that would be great for him. But we'll see what happens with Miguel. But he ain't coming back here right now. He, he might yeah. come back here later in his career. You know, maybe he'll come uh, do a comeback tour to Atlanta about 10 years. But.
2: That's that what way. I'm thinking. I don't think he would come
1: back, like, right
2: now. If he had to come back to MLS right now for some reason, I don't think he would come back unless it was to Atlanta. Like, I don't see him going somewhere. Because he's got Joseph here. Because, you know, he he is a legend of the club in only, you know, a few seasons playing here. I just – I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just the, the hopeless, like romantic in me well, or whatever. I, 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 and and, and we'll, money talks, but well, I just exactly. don't think he would come here to play anywhere else. But if you know, just, somebody if somebody pays a, you know, Matthew McConaughey throws him a fat stack to come play in Austin, I think he'd probably <laughs> do it. But you
0: know If it were just based off the good feelings, 1000%. Uh, but money is a hell of a drug and, and you can really be swayed to do some crazy things for, or things that you, you know, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't expect uh, for 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 the sake of money, and so especially when it comes to pro athletes, who you know, you, you know, you have people signing with rivals all the time. So you look at um, oh, and, and rivals and just other teams all the time. Um, I, I'm I'm sure there's a very soft and warm place in in Albino's heart for Atlanta United and, and and the city of Atlanta, and I, I'm like you guys. I would love to see him back, but come on, let's let's. Let's give that a, a little bit of a break because that is, they, I am ninety nine percent sure, ninety nine percent confident that he is not coming back uh, to Atlanta United. He did it. He did He said ninety nine
2: percent means even he's absolutely so. 1%, coming
0: back. One yeah. percent. <laughs> even even more so, uh, not coming back to MLS. I wouldn't if I were him. God, the, I love unless, it What a long look, running. I'm, podcast unless,
2: joke comes back to yeah. pay off again unless the money <laughs> is
0: that good and i wouldn't blame him if he decided to essentially cut his european career what we think would be short uh for the money here I, I would be all on board for that because i think most athletic careers are are very short and so take the money while while it's there um and then once yeah,
1: it's why um, insigne uh Signet, however say his name coming to toronto the dude's in his prime but he wants to get paid to get so he's it. willing to brave the great white north and uh, lack of any defense up there uh, <laughs> to come play. And you ML. have to play with Michael Bradley, which is another you know oh, issue. Yeah, brutal.
0: <laughs> brutal um, stuff. So I guess f- fun news in the sense that it had to do with Adam Bidone, but uh, a little more depressing news is uh, Atlanta United's 3-0 loss to the Colorado Uh-oh. Rapids over the weekend. Oh. Why'd you and, have to bring that up?
2: Oh. <laughs> no, really quickly, the best thing about this game was that the broadcast started on a delay and like you turned on onto the channel and like world poker was on. Like that was probably
1: the most <laughs> exciting thing. If yeah, you're a United fan, that hand was great.
0: <laughs> uh, I I'm still upset at the whole, the, the, the Valley sports and the YouTube TV or, or whatever's going on in, and with the oh, in so frustrating. the contract talks or if there are even talks going on, I'm not even sure what's going on. I'm not up to date with that, but whatever that is, I, I, it makes me want to scream until I pull a muscle because I am so fed up with having to find a way to watch these games, bum different logins for different whatever streaming services from friends, or do the free trials or whatever. I'm so tired. I I just want the simple solution right there in front of me. And, yeah, uh, and I feel the sad like the thing is be, you're
2: never going to get that ever again. I was under like, the
0: impression, and I don't know why, but I was under the impression that this year the blackouts uh, around MLS games weren't going to apply uh I guess for MLS games, or I, I don't know. I thought those had, had been there. there have been some talks about essentially voiding those. Am I wrong? Did anybody else hear that? Or is it just, my-
1: I, th- I think I remember that maybe last year because of pandemic stuff. I, I I don't know though, but I'll tell I mean, you what's Bob, wrong though, uh, is uh, having to watch with VPN and deal with the Colorado announcers. And just <laughs> well, to them. I mean, oh my God, it's torturous. Just get your VPN and just watch it that
2: way because, you know that's the only way to really get around all that stuff just do espn plus and you know hook up the vp right but
1: doing that you realize how good a crew we we have here compared to some of these i mean the i don't know what the and and it's funny listening to the other homers up in uh, denver like just barely mentioning atlanta united as you watch the game it's pretty funny
2: well we were also stuck on the tv side like with their broadcasters for the first half like because of those technical difficulties or whatever oh yeah like you know, we didn't have Egan and Adu um, you know, on that broadcast in the first half. Because, I mean, I was watching the game at Fado, so I couldn't really hear that, you know, they, they turned the broadcast on. And I, I couldn't really hear it that well. But I could hear it well enough to know that that wasn't Ken Egan. <laughs> I, I was like, what's going on here? Like, who are these people? Uh, but, you know, thankfully uh, they got it fixed, I guess, and, and figured out. So for the second half, uh, you got that. And that was really the only joyous thing about the second half. Uh, or the first half, uh, for that matter, for Atlanta United on uh, Saturday. Just, just an abysmal performance.
0: I guess there was, I mean, there was there was a small pocket of time where Atlanta United looked like they might do well, but that really did not last long. Um, you had a goal in the 33rd minute with uh, from Diego Rubio, Jonathan Lewis, um, in the 48th, and you had the final one in the 87th to kind of seal it away. And then you, of course, you had the Miles Robinson red card, um, which mm. means he's out for Absurd. the next match. But absolutely here's, ridiculous. Here's the, ridiculous. Here's, here's the positive aspect to that is that if there's one position group where you have a little bit of depth, it's that back line. It's defensively. Um, so Miles Robinson. If, if
1: Alan Franco gets his uh, s together, oh man, my goodness, yeah. that's true. That was a that's stinky true. performance. But you know, uh, but, but George Campbell, but for, you're right, can slide in pretty easily there. But, yeah. but
0: for the foreseeable future, we're not we're not assuming that Alan Franco is not going to start. We're just assuming this is a one no, gonna start, Yeah. Considering, especially in the latter half of, of, of last season, what we saw from him. Um, so not the worst. I mean, I would rather not Miles be out for a match, but not the worst thing in the world in terms of, uh, you know, setting yourself, setting your team up. Um,
1: the, the right. One and, thing- you're not, and you're not playing the most dangerous team, we don't think. Well, I'll reiterate everyone. what I
0: said last week about Charlotte, but
1: I know you will. Cause he said it all last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: it, it's, it, I, I, I will just drive, drive the point in again that, uh, the consistency is key. And obviously after one game, uh, you couldn't, you could tell certain things about certain players, um, after two games that have essentially canceled each other out with how bad Atlanta played in game two. Um, you know, it's still early enough to where you're not judging the entire season based off these two games. Plus you've got players coming back. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, again, I, I'll, I'll say it again. It, the first five matches of the season are essentially extended preseason because these are the actual matches that you can actually gauge any kind of authenticity to your team, um, in. So it wasn't the greatest look, uh, for Atlanta United against Colorado, but, um, you're hoping that they go go up against a team like Charlotte this weekend and and find a way to kind of rectify the wrongs. Uh, but I I mean, saying that you look at you look ahead at this at this weekend and think, okay, well now you've got a lot of potentially a lot of new new player or yeah, we'll call them new players coming back into the lineup uh, that you'll need to kind of re re, re reconfigure the chemistry with uh, you know heading forward.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great point, too, because it's like you can't really take too much from game one or game two because it's not really the lineup that you're really expecting to see Atlanta United like putting out there on a regular basis. So I think that that's a big part of this is obviously getting. Uh, the players back, you know, getting your Ibatas, getting your Sosas, getting your Almeidas, like, you know, into the lineup and, and actually back with the team. You know, one thing the three of us were talking about in, you know, just getting ready to do this episode was, you know, with Tiago Almada, for example, it's like, well, that guy, you can't expect him to just come in and, like, contribute, super, like, meaningful stuff to this team right away. Like, is he he not been training with the team, you know? He's, like, he's got to get, like, all of that, like, chemistry and everything. So, it's, it might take him a while. Like, I'm not even talking about, like, oh, we might see him for, like, 15 minutes this weekend. But I'm talking about, like, to where he's, like, a, you know, integrated member of the squad. Yeah, it could be, like, a month. I mean, you just don't yeah, know, like, how man. long that kind of thing's going to take. So, you got you got to be careful putting too many hopes there.
1: Yeah, and we got. I mean, when Abara, oh, we'll get to all this later. But I'm breaking news again. But Ibarra and Sosa, if they come back, you know they've been playing. You know they're integrated in the team. They've been with the team. I think they had to leave the country, I guess, to get the visa, or whatever. But uh, they, they're, they're back, and you can just kind of slot them right in and and maybe fix the midfield almost immediately. Um, but- uh, I mean, you'd think so.
0: So just since we're on the topic, Darren, Dar- Eels uh, hopped on 99 uh, earlier today, uh, mentioning that Thiago Almada. Was again back in the country, available for Sunday's match. I, I, I wouldn't imagine he would start. <clears throat> if I had to guess, he probably played the like the latter, the the last thirty minutes or so. Um, then he also mentioned, um, Daniel's did the, that. Sosa and bar, like we said, uh, back in country, uh, and they're awesome, optimistic about Alonso as well, um, and his ability, ah, the availability availability yes. for Sunday's match. So this is all good news. Um, this is all great to have these guys back. But again, it's, it's part of that um, initial new season adjustment uh, for, for 2020 or for 2022 um, to getting these guys uh, kind of up to speed and getting the chemistry right and getting the um, we all assume that we would know where these guys would plug and play. uh, But maybe with the introduction of Almada that changes things in certain positions and, and you have to make adjustments from there. And you can only see that through the course of actually playing matches um, against competitive, competitive teams, um, and you know that that's that's obviously on Pineda. So I, I mean, look, I, I, I'll I'll I, I I I mentioned to everyone, don't get too hyped up about game one. There's there's reasons to be optimistic, but cautiously optimistic. After this past weekend and loss against Colorado, I'm also not too down on the team. So for all of you saying I was too negative on Twitter, notice that I'm also <laughs> not too negative today. If anything, I'm too positive,
1: but yeah, this is throwing me for a loop. But you know, honestly, I uh, <laughs> I didn't actually watch the the match the day of. I watched it, you know, yesterday. And and what struck me, it wasn't as bad as I guess I was expecting. You know, the first 30 minutes, it was just a really boring match. We had a couple mm-hmm. of defensive lapses here and there, but we had some chances. And then the Alan Franco kind of goof, uh, leaving uh, his guy open on uh, on a cross. And then, you know, second half, it wasn't, wasn't pretty. But um, with the kind of threadbare roster you had going in there, it wasn't that horrible. And then things kind of fell off. You know, the wheels came off when Miles got a red card at the very end. But, um, you know, I think that's one of those I, throwaway road games. You know what I mean?
2: I do want to talk about that red card, though, just for a second, because that was, like, in really bad. Like, I was trying to think of the right word to put out there and and not you know say something that i would regret but just you know insanely bad from the official to to make that challenge be a second Uh, yellow card offense that wasn't like that was debatable whether i would give a yellow card as a first offense like for that one but as the second offense that gets you your second yellow and a red card that was an astronaut call from that official. yeah it's late like, in the game he with
1: two, didn't, two nothing probably like, did anything yeah it wasn't it wasn't it was a foul
2: you know, for sure but that's it
1: yeah, it was a foul There was no foul play he wasn't trying to go in too hard or injure the guy i mean it was it was a foul it was laughable laughable that that's a card
2: but this is what we've come to expect from you know pro and uh the the
1: mls officials and uh you know mad shout out to howard webb Well, can i get uh negative for a second and and i think you guys can uh chime in but you know i think we want to mention too that joseph missed maybe a couple chances and we got a question he was slow for sure on some yeah we got a question in from kevin from charlotte what's up kip he's from charlotte he's putting that out there uh, this week which is crazy to me but But he's an atlanta fan but he's i know i know but he's just don't shout out charlotte kevin come on (laughs) <laughs> uh, he asks is the old joseph officially gone now oh that's a great that's, question. I, I,
0: I hate this question because it's going to make me sound like the, the it's just going to on par with oh, go go baby it, 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 no it's actually
2: like. something that i think all of us have want to speak on at some point like because the first two games you have kind of seen it obviously the first game Atlanta united scored three goals on a counter you can almost call that lucky in a sense because the transitions broke so well for Atlanta in that game and obviously the Dom Dwyer goal just kind of blew your mind but you look at Joseph and how he looked in game one how he looked in game two there was one really clear chance that he should have buried against Colorado and he just was like a step slow to the ball you know got caught up in his feet or whatever but you know 2018 Joseph hammers that into the net and is smoking the fake cigarette while taunting the other team's goalie or something like, you know, that's exactly what happens there. So through two games, I am a little concerned in terms of Joseph's like just quick strike, pounce striker ability to slot home those chances that, you know, all the great strikers have, you know, the, that just that killer instinct in the box to what, whenever that ball comes your way, you're putting it in the net. I don't know if it's just because he's a little bit slower and has a, is a step slower because of the knee injury. But I, I just don't know if we're ever going to see that again. And and I will say it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world because if you do get what you get, what you got in game one from him, the, 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 the assist guy, you know, the guy that can set other guys up while not necessarily having to be the guy that scores all the goals, then Atlanta United could probably be okay, especially if... They're able to find goals from other sources, but just, just, it it is sad to see because, you know, Joseph was one of the most clinical finishers this league has ever seen. And if he is a step slower, if he is just a little bit less sharp in the box, when it comes to pouncing on those chances. Yeah. That's sad because I mean, he was obviously one of the best we've ever seen do it in this league. So bummer if that is the case, and I am starting to lean that way and think that way and I would love for him to prove me wrong and I think he can I think you know any good striker you give them a few chances they bury them they you get on a roll you get in that that finisher's you know sweet spot and you can absolutely turn it around so I'm not burying Joseph the the almighty goal scorer by any means here but maybe some signs that father time is starting to catch up a little bit and and it's sad if that's the case
0: I do uh I... I'm very much in agreement with you on, on a lot of that stuff, but I, I do wonder if maybe there's, I, I don't know. Knee injuries have such a mental effect on you as well, on you as well. And, and I want to get on this. The, I want to, want to get the mental aspect of the knee and of the knee injury, especially I look, I don't know obviously what went all into the surgeries, but it's, I think it's been said that he had at least four to at, he had the original yeah, surgery and then miserable. he had and he had a couple more to kind of help clean up and i, I think there were some others I, I i honestly forget the reasons but the number i heard was was four um anytime they go in from what i've been told i'm obviously not a, a surgeon or or a medical professional really? in sense, <laughs> but uh what i've been told anytime they go in to do anything on that knee uh, or anything on really any part of your body it does have some kind of effect it can take longer to to heal and uh, you know, every other time. And, um, you know, you're, 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 it, it's a foreign body or forward in something into your body. And that, that can have depending on what all happened and what all, you know, the extent of his injury, um, you know, that can all play a mental role, especially with, with something when it comes to stability, uh, you know, that's, that's a lot of putting a lot of trust on your knee. That's a lot of putting uh, faith that, you know, everything, you got to make sure that, you know, for all we know, Joseph may be a type of player that is now worried about the next injury. And the, the common cliche that's always talked about when it comes to professional athletes is that you can't play uh, worrying about getting hurt or anything like that. And that mentality, and I'm not saying that he has this, but you have to wonder based off the drastic difference of Joseph, the player that he was in 2018, 2019, and the player he is now, even under new management even with different players he was still that powerful go-getter type of player and now it seems like either Paneda or Joseph Martinez himself had decided we're gonna switch this my style of play so that it fits so that it uh, um, so that one it maybe it benefits the team a little bit more um, and two might help me might help me as, as the player not be putting those I, I guess, Vulnerable positions. I don't know. Like I, it, it, I would love to have someone kind of talk me through, like I be able to question someone who might be better knowledgeable than I, than I am. Um, we'd love to hear the answer from Joseph himself, because there's been a clear difference in the type of player that Joseph it was and is now. Um, I, I do want to give him the benefit of like a full season, not having to, you know, fully recovered, you know, uh, uh, back to train, like basically, uh, you know, Joseph 2.0, if you will. I want to give him the, the benefit of the full season to see what he does over the course of, you know, the length of the season, not just two matches where we've seen him, you know, where we've seen the entire team struggle in one and then him put two assists and do well uh, in that regard in the first. So I, I, I'm not, you know, definitely not writing him off now, but it is, I am curious that, uh, or, or it does make me wonder I, I'm seeing more and more of this mindset of, you know, we talk about the tweet that we just got, you know, Rob Ushree mentioned it uh, you know, after, uh, after the first match about Joseph, maybe this is the Joseph that we have from now on. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean.
1: Well, to that point, you know, I don't know. I don't, know, that, I don't uh... know.
0: I don't know what the future looks like for that kind of a Joseph, uh, because I think we all assumed that we were going to get this, you know, 2017, 2018, Joseph. Um, you know, for the, the rest of his career with Atlanta. Um, and so I, I don't know what that Joseph looks like in terms of, uh, in terms of his longevity with Atlanta, but I know he, I mean, he's mentioned that he wants to stay in Atlanta. So I got to think he's got a special place in Atlanta United's heart, Uh, but it, it is a business. So I, I, I don't know. It, it, these are all very speculative, very hypothetical, very just, uh, you know, Again, speculative questions that, that you know, kind of cross my mind whenever, whenever stuff like this comes up.
1: Yeah, and to that, uh, I think you're making a great point, point. and what it comes and it comes down to, I think, is, is he not getting an, you know, enough chances because um, the players around him aren't there yet, or is he hesitant because of his injury? I read, a, read uh, Matt Doyle's column today on all the different teams, and he actually cited Toyota football an interesting he dug up about, you know, the number of runs that Joseph's making into the box is very low. So it's, yeah. you know, is he worried about needlessly making runs uh, because he's just doesn't think he's going to get the service or is he worried about making unnecessary cuts and sprints and all that with his, uh, with his bum knee. So we'll see.
0: It, it it brings up a point that I don't want to make, but I feel like <laughs> Within the sake of objectivity, it has to be made that if if Joseph is no longer going to be a guy that is going to be running, making runs into the box, being that 2017, 2018 Joseph that that you know we all fell in love with, even the 2019 Joseph that we all loved, uh, if he's not going to be that player and he's going to be more of a back to goal, um, I mean, when's the last time? I could be wrong on this because maybe I just don't remember, but when's the last time we saw him actually head a ball into the goal? That was, that was such a common thing for, for us to see. Now, I don't know how many cross – you know, we could have a conversation about that all day. But, and whether, the, whether, you know, the Julian Gressel aspect of it is missing completely from this team, whatever. Uh, but we, we don't see as many runs from him into the box on those through balls or even having himself set up in a position where he's going to be – where he's more likely to, 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 to be able to make those runs. Um, nor do we have uh, as many crosses going into to the, to the likes of 2017, 2018. So if we have a Joseph that is you know more back to goal, more assist, uh, a sister, a sister, um, more of the Joseph we've seen in the last two matches, and to an extent the latter half of last year, is Joseph the the right uh, player essentially for the system for the setup that Atlanta United has right now? And It's not a question I want to ask because I I like everyone else. I love Joseph Martinez. I love what he was. You know for for the city. I love what he is for the city, but he's not the same player. You know what that yet. makes me think of? At least you know not what that yet. makes me
2: think of? Well that makes me think and it makes me go back and want to appreciate just how damn good Tata Martino was at constructing the initial Atlanta United yeah, for sure. roster because they built an entire team around Joseph Martinez's ability to just pounce in the box. You know, they had Gressel hitting him with the crosses. They had Almiron getting the ball to him in transition. They had the absolute perfect team built around a number nine, a pure number nine that Joseph was playing. And it just shows how hard it is to build a team that can be that successful. I mean, Atlanta Atlanta United did it as an expansion team. Like, that's how crazy... That wasn't just how damn good an eye for talent Tata Martino had and not just talent, but an eye for players that would fit together. Like it's almost like that just impossible puzzle that not many people can put together, but if somebody comes in and just boom, 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 and it's done. And that's what Tata Martino did. So obviously part of this that we're talking about is with Joseph and his, you know, recovery from injuries and getting older. But I also think part of it is that just, you know, chess game of putting the right pieces in the right spots to get to that ultimate goal. And I think that, you know, we've seen Carlos Bocanegra, you know, kind of take more of a expanded role in trying to build that. And now we've got Gonzalo Pineda in there and, and it's going to be interesting to see how Atlanta United continues to try to build that squad, and if they take a lot of that focal point away from Joseph in terms of like, well, we can't really, and it seems like they did that in the first couple of games, but it's like, I, can they, can they, they can't build around Joseph anymore. So they have to be like, well, Joseph is part of something else that we have to try to like build around. And maybe that's and, what and we have to see going forward.
0: Pineda. And this is hmm. why I'm, I'm fully willing to, I mean, I, I'm not written off Joseph in any, by any means, no. uh, because he's still a fantastic player um but it, it does it does uh make the the comments from Paneda early in this well before the season i guess um or that i guess i heard before uh before sporting kc that you know he, he was saying we can't rely just on joseph you got to find ways to score outside of just joseph now you saw excellent examples of that uh in in match 1 but obviously adewuja goes down and so who knows how long he's out um, but you had you do have other guys coming in, but if he's if he's the guy on the team whose job is to score, you want him to score, you want him to, to, and I'm speaking generally about that position, you want that player to be the type of player that Joseph was in 2017, 2018. Um, I, I, Fully, I mean, you know, he deserves and, and for sure has worked for the the benefit of it getting this full year to see what it, what it is. But if he's not at the end of this year, if, if we're talking about Joseph Martinez that has played more with the back with his back to goal, he's had more assists than goals. Then you're talking about a different player that isn't Joseph Martinez, that that's not his strong suit, at least right now at least from what we've seen quite frankly,
2: probably isn't worth what he's getting paid.
0: He's not that he hasn't proven that he's that player, uh, you know, in the, in the years that he's been with the lane United so far, can he be that player? Probably, but I, you know, we need to see it first. And so again, if he's not going to score in the ways that he was in the ways that would, in, in a way that would live up to his contract or at least be acceptable to his contract, then, you know, it's, it's, it, you know you, you have to ask yourself at the end of this season at the end of the next season you know is this the kind of is this the guy that that we need in this position given the, the players that we have around him and
2: that's the key yeah, because he, Joe can take on a new role he can absolutely take on a sure. new role but yeah but he needs
1: uh... if you're going
2: if you're going to pay him the amount of money you're paying him that's got to be for goals that and, and especially in MLS, like you know, your goal scorers are going to be the guys that make the most money, and that money has to go towards someone that's contributing more than just you know being a part of the cog and the wheel, so to speak.
0: Before and b- I, I b- think he's on, one hold of hold these. On, hold on. okay,
2: before, go, ahead, go
0: ahead. Before we get absolutely crapped on on Twitter for you know the hot Joseph takes, understand that this is all very speculative.
2: It is, this this is. Very,
0: we're not saying that Joseph is a bad player. We're not saying that that it's done. We're just speculating based off the very, very small sample size we've had so far—the two matches exactly, we had, yeah. and then some of last year. But I'm willing to write off basically complete last year because they've. I, I think it's uh, not common knowledge, but it, it's it's said that the the year, the full year after the year, the season after you've come back. So he came back last year. This season would be the season where he's like, okay, he is good or he should be good. So this is why I'm like, I, you know, I have no problem, whatever this season brings uh, going through everything with Joseph, because, uh, you know, this is the season that he should be good to go, that we should have the old Joseph back uh, to whatever, you know, anyways, despite the age, but he's only 28. I wouldn't really put, I wouldn't necessarily make age a factor in my opinion, but not to take anything away from yours, uh, Sam, but I, I just it, 28 does not seem that old to me, at least. I mean,
2: well, no, that was that. I mean, I'm just saying he. I'm not. I'm all I'm saying there is that you know, time's arrow neither goes backwards or stands sure, still; I got you. it yeah, only yeah. marches forward. So that's all I'm saying there is that you know, eventually, yeah, he's he's getting older. He's not getting younger. I'm not saying he's old, and I'm also not saying. Yeah, like, I, I do want to walk back a little bit. Not walk back. But I do want to say, yeah, a lot of this, like you just said, speculative. And also, you know, that guy's my king. So I'm not trying to disparage the king in any way, shape, or form.
1: It's yeah, just no, am yeah, feeling yeah, I mean, I'm You've got to start thinking about the future. I'm feeling very uncomfortable and dirty even discussing yeah. See, like that. W-
0: welcome welcome, no, but, welcome but to but the of South, Payson.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>, I know. <laughs> but, but he's still my king. But, yeah, I mean, with it's hard to judge him without, uh, you know, with uh, Arujo out, with Almada not there. I think he's a, he's Great the point. kind of player he can't take over a game by himself, you know, and do a Neymar and just but score see, out of nowhere. But see,
0: but see, he could in the past. 2019 was that. I don't
1: know. I mean, I think he need he needed people to take a little bit of attention off the center back, and then he was, you know, gets that into space. Look, I, I, and I
0: service. And this is, I'm this with is, Payson but,
1: here. He needs the service. service as I well, agree.
0: Yeah. This is the this is the crap that I got in 2019 or for the 2019 season when I specifically mentioned that when Albinon left and Gressel was gone all of a sudden Joseph Martinez wasn't the same player anymore. And then you look at the statistics and those numbers are, they're consistent from 2017, 2018, 2000, uh, 2000, uh, 2019. And I got crapped on for that 2019 take. So he did it without, he has been able to do it by himself, at least to, to some extent, in 2019 in the past. So,
2: that's a good point. I mean, he ability. has put this team on
1: his back and dragged them through bad yeah. spells before. That absolutely has been. But I'm not sure this version of Joseph can do that. But we'll see. I mean, we'll have to wait I, and see. It's I, I two, da- two games in again, yeah, guys.
0: I agree. We don't have to talk about this anymore, but
1: because <laughs> it does make me it does make me kind of
0: sad. And then, and then and then of course you'll have the people who are more than willing to comment on Twitter and and stuff like that, just absolutely lambast us for. Uh, for for the take, but I don't think it's that crazy of a take. Look, if Rob leave Ushery, Eric alone, Twitter Rob, leave him Rob, alone. If Rob Ushery is making uh, not the same but similar comments about who Joseph is now versus who he was, it, to me, this means this this these thoughts occurred much earlier than when we first were first seeing him in writing. So, mm. my take. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no i mean i think i think you obviously you know eric just wants to try to deflect as much of the twitter crap that he i, uh, I he just gets. i mean
0: i mean look i i think we're all thinking it just no one wants to say it because he's joseph martinez and that's fine like i fully fully no it's like you don't that. you
1: never want to see your dad it's slow like, down you know you don't want to admit thing. what's going on
0: almana <laughs> Al- 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 almeida might jump in and and be exactly what joseph needs in terms of service
2: I think you he might get I, mean, Sosa. I hope to God you might get and Sosa I, coming back
0: so's you not know? come back Moreno once he's with the, the starting 11 maybe he's the guy that the combination of all these guys finally it, it, it breaks through for Joseph in that sense you know I, and I hope that's what happens because watching uh, watching Joseph now essentially play uh, with, with play more with his back to goal, being forced to essentially dribble around players when that never used to be his thing. I mean, yeah. get me, don't get me wrong. One V one going to goal. He was fantastic, but he never was a guy that like took the ball dribbled around a couple players, found it, found an opening and then took a strike. He was always a guy that was running on the ball, generally running on, receiving run, running yeah. onto the ball and just pounded it uh, first time. Yeah. Yeah. And again, he, he uh, uh, routinely would take guys one guy on, but to do that in a position where he's not running to goal and not looking to for that strike for that opening, that's not Joseph. That's not the Joseph that we saw in twenty seventeen and eighteen, um, and and it, it's like he's being asked to do that, and it, I, he almost doesn't look. Whatever, never mind. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, let's go back to Payson's comment corner so that we can kind of get off this subject a little bit.
2: Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, we, we got to stop being so depressing.
1: All right. This is a well, very we'll, think, we'll think of a,
0: we'll think of a better <laughs> name than Payson's comment corner. But go ahead.
1: I, hey, I don't mind it. Uh, well, I'm not sure this is positive, but this one comes from Stinky Tofu. Stinky Tofu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah learn how to cook your tofu right, uh, buddy. Uh, anyway, hey, uh, he's asking, he or she is asking, based on these past two games, you see the team making the switch uh, from Guzan this season.
2: I think they're kind of stuck this season. I don't really think you can make the switch from him, yeah. you know, at any point this season. Um It's interesting because we talked about this a lot on this podcast, Uh, how much money
0: we talked about last week (laughs)
2: is taking up. Yeah, exactly. How much money money Brad Guzan is making, how much of the percentage of the cap or, you know, whatever you want to call it in MLS, the salary restrictions, uh, how much of that is Brad Guzan taking up? Could that money be better spent in other places? Um, You know, all of those things uh, are things that you think about a lot, particularly because, you know, goalkeeper isn't really a position that a lot of MLS teams really spend a lot of money on. I mean, if you have a good one uh, that has come up through your system or whatever, I think you spend money on it. Like, I think um, Matt Turner in New England would be a great example of that as a guy that, you know, is kind of like, you know, the MLS lifer or whatever who's played really well obviously become a U.S. men's national team goalkeeper. Um, Yeah, I think that's one of those cases. Brad Guzan, a name who played in England, you know, and then he's coming back stateside, probably have to give him more money. It it stinks because obviously he's been a great goalkeeper for Atlanta United and he's, you know, won an MLS Cup with Atlanta United. But I think after this season, you're probably going to be talking about Brad Guzan, you know, playing somewhere else if he wants to keep if, playing if he's playing yeah
0: i think um, i think yeah and if if i think you'll get a good sense of how uh pineda and atlanta united i think generally feel about the front office feel about um brad guzan as the season goes along if you see him get more like uh if, if more goalkeepers spell for guzan throughout the season and not just like in u.s open cup stuff but like Random games, it'll be Guzan will be sitting for whatever reason for for no reason just that I think that's when you'll see that okay it looks like they're they're at least throw like looking to see who can be the next guy who can try to see what you have trying to see what you have trying to see who can not only, you know, because I'm sure all the goalkeepers we have are, you know, super talented. But it, it's, it's more than just, you know, can you make a great diving save? It's can you command the field from uh, – can you command the back line? Can you can you kind of be that 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 general defensively um, who's got the voice? Because, I mean, I, <laughs> we all have – I don't a, think that's the, ever the, been the, a weak the, point the, for him, though. He's, no, no, he's no, no, no not, not, not for him. But, for you're, sure. but you're trying to figure out who the next person that can fill that oh, role right, as well yeah, yeah, yeah. is. Um, you know, for example, and uh, – we have just a special place for Alex Tambakis in our heart here. Oh, at yeah. South. Uh, the but
1: inaugural he, signing.
0: He was never a guy that was going to be very vocal on the field. And so, you know, he wouldn't have, I don't think he wouldn't have been, would have been a good fit to, assuming he had still been on the team, be like a, a you know, a good replacement for Brad Kazan, given what he is back there. You know what? Because he's kind of a, he he, he comes off of a quieter guy. I would assume that on the field, he is more of a quieter guy. Whatever. The point is, that's you're looking for, for all of the pieces. And I think that if, if this is sort of the last year that, uh, and, it may, and it might not be, uh, but if this is the last year that Guzan is going to be starting for Atlanta United, I think you might see And I don't I don't even know for sure, but you might see more spells where uh, Guzan is, is, is on the bench um, and, and is replaced by someone who, who is, is a potential, I forget the names that we've got behind Guzan, but the, the, and we're not talking about Shuttlesworth. We're not talking about him. We're talking about the guys behind Shuttleworth. Uh, just to see what, you know, what, what is next. Shuttleworth, I, if he doesn't play this entire season and just collects a paycheck, cool. The Best, entire, job, best
1: life. job in pro sports is backup goalkeeper, by the way.
0: <laughs> the <laughs> entire life of the
2: Mouths of the South podcast just flashed before my eyes when the name Alex, Tam- Alex Tambacchis came up. Like, we used to, like, speculate, like, obviously, when we first started this podcast, <laughs> we, we got invited Tambacus, to his wedding. Or, like, yeah, we're like, in Greece. We're you're like, kidding me. We're like in no, Greece. He got invited to his wedding in Greece. That's who incredible. was the guy? Who was the guy that was brokering <laughs> this? There was like number one Alex Tambacas fan on Twitter would like get in our mentions all the time. What oh was my was gosh, I forget his name. But
0: I, I but remember like, you talking yeah, about, but I forget his name. Yeah, he was he like he was like the one that like, brokered like, all of. This. He he was he was. <laughs> Alex Tambakis is number one fan, and anytime we were critical (laughs) about Guzan, Alex Tambakis would have done it this way. And this is why Alex Tambakis should be starting. I was like, What?
2: This is when Alex Tambakis is like on the Charleston battery, like not even on like Atlanta United (laughs) because we had like sent him there or whatever. But man, that that took me back for sure. Out the Alex Tambakis stage where we're like on this podcast speculating. Yeah, we totally think Alex Tambackis could be the starting keeper for United you know, because we had no idea. You know, we're just like, sure, why not? And then obviously that did not end up coming to pass. But man, that took me back the Alex Tambakis days.
1: I tell you what, took me back. I just remembered Rocco, the hero for that. Whether you know the one game. Oh yeah, Rocco what? Rio. It was. It was. One. It was what, what It was.
0: It was Brad got. It was Brad got a red card, and then did, did Alex get a red card after that? Or what? How did that work?
1: I forgot how he wound up in there. Maybe someone was hurt. I forget how he got in there. But damn was he a hero. Yes. And Oh uh, no,
0: this was this was more recently. I'm thinking about a different a different thing. No,
2: we're talking yeah, We're talking about the guy who came in uh this was uh, was it in the Concacaf
1: uh, Champions League, I believe? It was either that or Open mm, Cup. I can't remember. We're, we're we're historians of the game here.
0: It was uh, CCL. <laughs> yeah. Was
1: it? And he was the the hero, but the guy was, I mean, clearly not going to be starting material. Rocco Novo, man. Yeah, just to go back real quick to Guzan, it's funny, like, you you mentioned how vocal he is. The one thing I noticed on the rewatch was there was a couple times even before the goal where Brad was yelling at Franco, like, what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah. And uh it was not then, Franco's
2: uh, best performance. No,
1: not, not, but, and then you see the negative side because on his age and, and he's maybe not as good I, as he used I, to be. He, despite, he's not picking balls out of the air. that are coming in. So,
0: so the, you know, despite, I think this, this might be his last year, despite all that. I don't think he's a bad goalkeeper even now, like, no, I, it's and, not bad. And, and, and when I say that is like, it's, I'm not saying, even if you were to stay on for another year at lane United as the team, the season would be fine. Like, it's not like it, he could probably stay on a couple, like two, three more years.
2: Uh not at that time. fine.
0: No, sh- sure, whatever. But the <laughs> but, I am speaking specifically in terms of ability. He would be Just fu- his like talent, perfectly, yeah, perfectly perfectly decent goalkeeper for Atlanta United. But the, the, the question becomes not only the 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 money that's that's being given them, and then there is a noticeable again, I, I think I mentioned it last week. There are younger goalkeepers that seem to be flying to the balls faster, uh further, farther, whatever one it is. Um uh, and, and able to make more dynamic saves than, than Guzan can. Guzan, it seems like if it's, if it's not something well within his wheelhouse, it's just, you know, he, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of a,
1: yeah, it's not that he's really making already written it in stone a little bit. Yeah. You're, you're he's just not coming up with those world-class it's, saves. It's, it's a little,
0: it's yeah, it's not, it's not, uh, it's, it's not the crisp goalkeeping. We, we, I guess we used to see um, it's not the crisp goalkeeping we've seen from other old, other goalkeepers. Um, and you, and when you're looking at, uh, the league as a whole, you've got, if there's one thing that United States is known for when it comes to soccer, it's goalkeeping. Um, and Tony Miola, baby, it's, it's, (laughs) it's one of those things where you just, you know, you, you, have got a bunch of young talent, especially at the goalkeeper position. You can go find young talent at the goalkeeper position. Um, you can go find young backups who would be starters, if not for the actual starter, um, across this league and y- you just wonder if you could get a little bit more out of that position that you're not already getting that look it you know three nothing you lost against colorado and it's not like you, it's it, atlanta I did the score so like you're winning that game even if guzan makes two of those saves but um you know in in closer matches in matches where where those moments do come it it, it pays it pays itself off Um, in the long run. And so I, I, my hope is that my hope is that this is Guzan's last year. It's a great, it's a great last year for Guzan. It's a memorable last year. Um, he leaves when he wants to leave and then we can kind of move on to the next guy that, um, that, that hopefully is everything, you know, checks off those, that, that, those boxes that we're, we're talking about now. But I, I don't know. I, I agree. I think the text said that it looks like he's lost a step. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think I – think, I'm not saying he's slow, but I think he ha- he is slower to the ball. Um, and, uh, and, and I, again, I, he's, he's been a, a pinnacle of this team since it started, but at some point, you know, that, that ends. So, my, yeah, my, and, uh... I think most people's gut is that, okay, we need to, you know, maybe not this year, but next year we need to find the next guy for the future mm-hmm. not just for next year but for the future
1: yeah just dave uh, had a similar comment more concerned about guz's reaction time than anything near goal yeah i mean he's not really like you said making mistakes but um i, I like the the hate that gets thrown guzan's way is is kind of interesting to me I, I don't know where it comes from on twitter but i think people love to blame the goalkeeper whenever anything he, he, going well, wrong
0: he, he's he certainly had some misses but I want to say 90% of the goals that have gone in have been more the fault of of defensive alignment or or defensive pressure on a specific player and less on his ability as a goalkeeper. So that's why I say like, if, if, if Guzan decided he wanted to play with Atlanta United for the next two, three years, Atlanta United would be fine. Yeah. They would still have those moments, but it wouldn't cost them, you know, the season or you wouldn't be, you know, detrimental in any way to the season to the extent that, that, you know, it, it, you know, it's not worth having on the field, on the field anymore. It, nothing like that. Um, But you do wonder for that price tag and for what you can get for cheaper. If there's not stuff out there, if there's not a player out there, that's better. I feel weird talking about <laughs> people like Guzan and then Joseph, the way we've been talking about it because
1: I know just you know, legends. Well,
0: I think we're, we're ultimately looking, that we're comes looking,
2: from yeah, losing three to nothing. You're always sure, going sure. to like be and way so, more critical coming off. of. A and three so that's, of
0: yeah, that's the other aspect of this. You did just lose if you had won three, nothing and you'd still, you know, and let's say, uh two squeakers got got through Guzan in the most embarrassing way, but they were both called offsides. We wouldn't be having this conversation. So it, you know, it's all about a matter of perspective and and what just happened. And uh what is it called? Recency by it, recency bias. Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: that's yeah. exactly that. Well, and Guzan, look, Atlanta United go a four goals all season. Not one of them where not one of them happened where I would be like, Brad, what the hell were you doing? Like, you know what I mean? So right. I don't think I'm with Eric. I don't think any of the goals that you can fully like blame Guzan for. So uh, all of the things that we've said, a little bit of a slower reaction time, making too much money uh, for the position. You know, if you can get, the, I'm, I'm never going to fault the player for getting the money because Hey, go do you go get your money. But the team, you know, when they're allocating that much of a resource, AKA capital, uh, to one guy when you need to spread it out a little more, especially in this league, yeah, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow uh, when you do struggle. And I think ultimately, you know, Atlanta United's not as good as they were in game one, not as bad as they were in game two. Eric hit the nail on the head. You know, the first five games are essentially, you know, more preseason, you know, getting yourself back in, and especially in Atlanta United's case with all the players that so they're going to have to integrate back into the squad.
0: More so preseason I, I ultimately for... Think Sorry, more preseason for us in terms of the viewers of the game. Well, it's for them too.
2: I I think it's uh, no, I absolutely think it's for them too because
0: I hope they don't look at these
2: actual competitive matches. I I even don't think those warm up matches you play they're good for getting game time in, but they're not MLS matches. They're not played with the same intensity or the same agreed. All of that stuff. So I don't I, want, I, I don't, but
0: that, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want like Pineda to have the same mindset. Like, Oh, I'm going to give myself no. the first five. That's what I'm, that's what I mean.
2: No, 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 no. And, I, and I would I, agree with that. But I think just from the outside looking in and just being an observer of the league, this is MLS, you know, as long as you're, you know, within striking distance of the playoffs in like, you know, I know the season is a little condensed this year, but you know, as long as you're within striking distance within the last few weeks of the end, you could go on to win MLS Cup. So I, I think that everybody needs to look at the first few weeks as kind of okay, but especially with the roster turnover you have in this league, more so than probably any league in the world. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you're, you're just seeing so many guys come in and come out every year.
1: Well, we are the, the hey, the rest of the Twitter questions were all about when are we getting everyone back? And these all came <laughs> in exactly like five minutes of four. <laughs> Darren's interview. The only question I want, I want to get to Profe Mimo or uh, Will, the Spanish teacher, shout out to Will, um, which Atlanta player matches with which Batman villain? And the only one I could think of right off the top of my head was Two-Face, maybe with Alan Franco, just the fact that you know, <laughs> one side of his game is hideously ugly, like we saw the other day. And the other, you know, very, you know, he's a great, good player. And once he gets a few games in him, hopefully he'll, we'll find the handsome two-faced like... that we oh, saw last we're, season.
0: We're talking specifically villains, right?
1: Uh, let's okay. just say Batman, let's say Batman DC Universe. Oh, because I was going to say. Riding Zan's 100%
2: Mr.
0: Freeze. Oh yeah. I mean, for obvious reasons. Mr. Freeze, you I like.
2: Take two and call me in the morning.
0: No, but like, like araushu just strikes me as like a, like a, like a Robin type of character. You
1: know, oh, yeah, I can see that he's pulling up those shorts, he's got like it, like Robin has his tights, yeah, I, I can see that. I and mean, he's Joseph is, is Batman, Batman so yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: Joseph Joseph has to be Batman,
1: Joseph's absolutely Batman. Yeah, all right, well, that that was the last question, <laughs> and always end on a very tactical question, so
0: there you go. Um, uh, looking towards uh Charlotte, Charlotte, uh, having lost a game, uh, their first game, the and actually, actually, uh, losing the game against LA Galaxy, but breaking the Atlanta United record. For largest soccer attendance uh, for an MLS match. And I forget the exact number, but it was like a thousand or two more than 70 something. Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, I think it was like 74,000 like, something.
2: This is going to sound like sour grapes, but largest attendance for one game is a largely meaningless thing because it's okay. going to go to whoever has the biggest stadium. Keep doing it. All right. Keep it up. And, you know, Atlanta United still has what, like, four of the top five most attended so like Charlotte nine of the top ten. On, I Charlotte if Charlotte, I was gonna say, if like Charlotte starts to populate 10. if Charlotte starts to populate that list a little more, then we can talk because that's the key. Consistency's always going to be the key. Right now, they're the bell of the ball. They're the new kid on the block, whatever you want to call it, whatever cliche you want to throw out there. But well, look,
0: they, this is they they've got to
2: win. They've got to win or else fans are not going to be interested.
0: They're two games in yeah. and uh, already broken one record. So you know that the 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 spirit for for Charlotte FC, oh, the, the, that fan base, it's there, whether it's consistent or not. It's the same conversation they had here with Atlanta across MLS as to whether they could hold it. And um, I think they've proven – Atlanta United fans have proven that um, to the extent that you know we've had full stadiums and stuff like that. Um, and even when well, not full stadiums, just the fact that we have 35,000-plus and a 45,000-seat half – open stadium or whatever that's that's impressive in itself. Um this team in Charlotte it, it's yes they're new uh yes they have yet to score a goal but don't put it past Atlanta <laughs> don't put it past that this match against Atlanta is the first is the first time they get a goal because uh Atlanta ain't that, gonna
2: have miles that's gonna be big
0: they're they're not gonna have miles yeah I, I again I reiterate that I think the back line is probably i mean is where we have the most depth and it's probably where we have the most stability among that depth where you know a george campbell can step in and just automatically like like nothing's changed almost uh we obviously want oh, miles. you're
2: getting uh, not as good of a player yeah
0: well you obviously want miles but at least in terms of uh, his ability you have confidence in george campbell um now he's still young he's still trying to earn you know his, you know more playing time um trying to become the next miles if you will or become you know the George Campbell version of miles. But uh, so you may see some, some young mistakes there, but you know, he has that, that kind of ability um, defensively to, to kind of step in for miles in the situation like this Uh, Charlotte's not as bad of a team as, as the scorelines would indicate. Um, They are, they want to play with you. So I I have a feeling that Atlanta United is going to have some space to run in. I don't think that, uh, Charlotte's going to pull a Colorado and just kind of sit back and, and, and counter. Um, uh, because the one thing that I've seen the two games that I watched Charlotte FC is that they want to play. They want to move the ball. They want to get up field. They don't just want to sit back and wait for you to make a mistake and counter on you. That does not seem to be the MO of, of, uh, of Charlotte, at least early in the season. Now what that means against Atlanta United, I don't know, because, um, many teams have decided that they're going to spend the the whole season kind of figuring out exactly how they want to play. And then, you know, move the ball forward and and play with these teams and they get to Atlanta. It's like, well, Atlanta can't play with, you know, low block. So let's just do that. Um, And then they find themselves, you know, zero zero into the last minute and either get a point out of it or, you know, find a last minute goal. Anyways, the point is, um, this is a good test for Atlanta, given the new guys that are coming in given um, the, 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 hopefully what I think we'll see um, is more of the same in terms of starting eleven. Maybe it, maybe Moreno gets a, a start. I don't think the changes are going to be drastic, other than Miles being out and uh, and maybe Moreno starting. But then it's later in the matches when you see the subs being in, uh, instituted. What that turns this team into—that's what I'm. That's what I'm most interested in. Um, outside of getting the win, of course, I'm interested to see when and how uh, the new faces get implemented and how they get implemented.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think that you look at what's going to come in front of you on Sunday. It's a team that is obviously still very new at this, still very new at playing amongst each other. So I think for Atlanta United, and I think any team that plays Charlotte right now, it's you, you, know, you don't know a whole lot of their tendencies. You don't know a whole lot of what they want to do other than really the two games of film you have on them. So it's not so much about focusing on things. I think from Charlotte's perspective, I think it's Atlanta United getting back to doing what they do well and really just trying to boss a game. I think that's what you want to see. If you're an Atlanta United fan is you didn't really see it in game one because Kansas city was on the ball more. They had more of the possession and Atlanta United took great advantage of their counterattacks and their transition. Game two, you played a sloppy defensive game and you weren't near as sharp as you needed to be converting the chances that you had. Or else that could have been a, you know, not a completely different game because I don't think Atlanta looked good enough for long enough spells to win the game, but you could have put some goals on the board and maybe made it a little different. So I think from Atlanta United's perspective, this is a game to look for to really see if Gonzalo Pineda has this team playing the way he wants them to play, because you should go out there. You should win. You're at home. You're against a very inexperienced team. And quite frankly, I think this is the kind of game where a Joseph Martinez can shine. In fact, I'm just going to say it. Joseph's putting one in against Charlotte. All right. right? We're breaking the duck.
1: And uh, just to put a cherry on top of every, because I agree with everything that's been said, I think they're better than people probably give them credit for but i think we're going to co- we're going to come out on top and what i would love to see towards the end of the match is have Elmada come in get a standing ovation like welcome to atlanta and really whether he pa- <laughs> he's coming in well wow, maybe he's from some people i think there's going to be some uh, there's, people that're that no sitting on their hands there's going to be yeah. polite well, applause fair enough there'll be some standing and some sitting how about that i do want to see i just want to see some flashes of brilliance to see what we got um that's what i would love to see Because you can tell you know, when Arujo, the minute he stepped on that field, I was like, damn. Um, So I'm hoping the same is true with Almada. Uh, If not, there's going to be a lot of angry fans. But uh, (laughs) that's a discussion for a later date. But I'm excited to see how well we integrate him and and the other guys coming back.
2: It's interesting where you'd want to see Almada debut. It's like, do you want to see him come in with Atlanta United comfortably in the lead where there's not a lot of pressure? Or do you want to see him come in where – they kind of need him to spark them into something, like you know. It's you, interesting. You'd, yeah. hope,
0: you'd hope that in the in, in all probability he's gonna if he even plays. Let's keep that yes, in mind he plays. because uh, yeah, yeah. he hasn't trained with the team, I think, at all. Right? Um, at least, at least, yeah, it's just like a you know, guy who's
1: never met his teammates. At, hey, we're gonna throw I you right that, in there. Yeah, he's leading, like that in ringer leading, at rec league. Like, hey, you get a okay. game
0: leading into the season. I mean, um, I, I mean, I, anyways. Uh, you'd like to see him in, in all likelihood. What, what's going to happen is that he's going to be brought in and somewhere around the 30th minute, maybe a little, maybe a little less, uh, or a little more. But and all, you'd like to see him take over that moment I, because I yeah. that's the more likely scenario, and you'd like to see that come to fruition. And then, if what I'd like to see from the whole team is this be like the first game where, uh, we'll, yeah, the, let's call it the first game where they just absolutely dominate from start to finish. Yeah, no contest. The the game. absolutely. Um, even if it's just you know a a, a two nothing win that involves a one goal later in the match, it's still just you know you still have the confidence that this that Atlanta United as as it is against uh, Charlotte FC is is gonna is gonna is leaving with the three points. Um, that's what I'd like to see. Um, now the, the 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 new faces and, and the changes and and still kind of building up the chemistry. Um. You know, I've, I've been seeing a ton of tweets about, you know, uh, Mark D. Bertram uh, on Twitter is talking about it's all coming together. We might have to endure some messy games in the meantime, but once uh, it clicks, it's really going to be something to see. Um, I don't have that confidence yet. Um, I think it could, but I don't know that it will. Um, I, I'm I need it. It's one of those things where I just got to see it to believe it first. And um, I think the team ha- fully has the ability. It's what I want to see. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's – it's. I need it all to come together visually for me before I have that level of confidence to tweet that out.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd 100% agree with that. That's very – it's a very bold stance to take, you know, after seeing two games and, quite frankly, two games where a lot of the guys that are going to have a lot to say about Atlanta United's success or failures this season haven't been playing. So, like, I think that right now you there's just – Again, I said this earlier, you know, it's not as good as it was in game one. It's not as bad as it was in game two. Like, you're somewhere in the middle. And hopefully, as Eric just said, this is the type of game where you can really show what Atlanta United is going to be in terms of when they're successful. And really kind of take the air out of this game from Charlotte's perspective very early on.
0: Well, hopefully, Colorado was the outlier in this entire season. Yeah, exactly. And 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 you're talking about a team that is you know doing fantastic, uh, hopefully, but uh, we'll see. I I'm I'm very curious to see how this game goes, um, specifically because it's against an expansion team. It's a new team. They've got a couple of games under them, and um, this is a perfect opportunity for um, you know a team that's been around, a team that even if they have if this group hasn't been together, they are all MLSers and they've all they all understand what expansion teams. Uh, what that means um, how difficult it is to build that chemistry, now, you know, forget the chemistry that we and I just trying to build this players, but uh, the chemistry that, that uh, Charlotte is trying to build this players. That's a whole different ball game that we went through in 2017. So knowing that going in, go in good teams, take advantage of these moments, good teams um, find ways to, to, to win uh, and, and good teams dominate these kind of games. Um, so, MLS is a parody league, and and there's crazy things that happen in MLS. But this is these are matches that Atlanta and I should go in if they are a good team, uh, and I won't judge them fully based off this game. But if the players, if the 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 players that we're looking at in game two and game uh, game one and game two are good players, if if the, the collective is a good team, they're going to take it to Charlotte, and we're going to see good things happen. And I hope that's what happens.
2: What are we calling this game, by the way? What, what are we calling? I don't know. This game? Is it a rivalry? Sweet, Sweet Tea Cub. Like, the Bojangles brawl, the our chicken is better than your chicken cup. <laughs> like, Here, I mean, the, it's got to be a
1: rivalry with with Nashville moving to the West, but it's just I mean, doesn't I can, feel I, like that quite yet. But
2: I, I kind of like the uh, is Pepsi okay cup. The thing is is, is that within,
0: within, within the within the within the within the players, it doesn't feel like even Orlando's arrival anymore. I think COVID took a lot of out of out of that 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 massive break with COVID. The
2: fire, the fire isn't there it wasn't as much there. as it was. Yeah, as You're it right.
0: was. When yeah. Orlando got the first couple of wins, I believe it was it was during COVID. Maybe that's so, our perspective because Orlando well, started winning sure, games. So we're like, sure. eh, it's yeah, it's not yeah, that yeah. big sure, of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> but but I think I think with it was a it was uh fanless stands. For the first two Orlando wins. That's and I think true. not having those those fans in the stands to kind of energize the players and energize that atmosphere, even though we were we were losing in those moments, it didn't sting as bad. And we were so bad in that in that whatever tournament that was that I think everyone just put their hands <laughs> the and be like, bubble. Yeah, we don't care. We don't care. You won because we're awful. Did you see that? It was like, very, I think...
1: very creatively named MLS is back.
0: Obviously. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hashtag MLS is back. But All I right. think
1: I think that rivalry will come back just to tie this up. But once yeah, fans are in the stands and Orlando is pretty good. So we do have the Dom, I, Dom Dwyer I, element
0: here. We do have the Dom And Dom Dwyer, Dwyer coming on to score
1: against his old team and and kissing the, the Atlanta United badge as he does. Some. Oh, that'd be great. Would great. be awesome. We need to <laughs> um, plan a
2: podcast trip down to an Orlando road game and really get into some some crap with the boys <laughs> from the mainland. I, I don't really want to fight. Throw bottles you guys, you guys <laughs> throw bottles that. at
0: people. Uh, all
2: right. Yeah, Actually, final... let's not talk about fighting when it comes to soccer. Oh, because that yeah. Match yeah that bad, bad news, down in Mexico bad was, was just awful.
0: Um, any final thoughts about uh, this weekend? Uh, that match tomorrow. I'm sorry, tomorrow. Uh, that match on Sunday, March 13th, 430 on the PM. Any final thoughts, boys?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Atlanta United is – a team that is in a a weird spot right now if you're from your you know the fans perspective especially if you're a little bit more of a casual fan and you're like well they look so good in game one and they look so bad in game two like well what gives you know well that's what we're here to try to you know tell you and 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 break it down to where yeah i mean this team is as i've said as, as we've all said somewhere in the middle of what we've seen so far and you just hope that you know they come out and look really, really just not just good, but really dominant and can really control a game against the team. And I think that is what Gonzalo Pineda wants to see because, you know, he's, he said it, he doesn't want this team to be, you know, what they've been in the past in terms of like really just taking advantage of transition and counter attacking. because as successful as Tata Martino was running that, it is a very, live by the sword, die by the sword type of of, of way of of doing your business. So I think Atlanta United coming out, dominating possession, not allowing Charlotte to get any sort of momentum going forward, those are the things you want to see because you're going to need to do that against teams. You can't play one way. You can't play two ways. you got to play a bunch of different ways. And I think Atlanta United being able to control a game is something that we really want to see because we haven't seen it yet.
1: And I just want to see, you know, the narrative of breaking Atlanta's record. You know, are these the new boys on the block? I would love just to beat that down and have a rude awakening. Yeah, knock them down, Charlie. pig. It's rude, not a and all the na- narratives are like, well, you know, they've still got a long way to go. Atlanta's still top dog. So it's that's not what I'm hoping for.
0: Atlanta United wasn't super savvy and made this a full stadium,
1: did they? No, I don't believe so. I don't think so. No,
2: I I mean, I don't think they would do that after doing it in the first game. They usually don't do it like back to that game. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. You're right.
0: Would have been creative after they broke the record that Atlanta breaks the record, right? You know, whatever. Point is, open it up. Yeah, I don't think it's possible because I mean, even when we had standing room only for
2: MLS Cup final, they could only get seventy three thousand. We got to break some fire codes. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you'd have to figure something out.
0: Look. Darren Eels knows people. I'm sure he could <laughs> he could figure it out. He could figure it out.
2: You just op- open the roof and have people stand around the top of the roof. Look, look all okay, I'm well, saying, all, I'm saying,
0: doors, all I'm saying is that some of these some of these very high capacity or high attendance uh games that we've seen in the past, some of those numbers, uh, There's a there's a certain there's a certain level of authenticity that might be, you know, we might have skirted the truth a little bit. That's all I'm saying is that maybe you, uh, you know, uh, slide someone a 20 and see what you can do in terms of the numbers mix some numbers around and they're the same numbers are just you know different places and
1: you know
0: seventy six thousand. wow that's amazing Atlanta. Good if job. anyone
1: could do it is darren so we'll, <laughs>
2: we're calling a hey, commission a hey, commissioner garber i've got a nice andrew jackson here for you, you this is wink you wink <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it I got my friends, Abe Lincoln and Andrew Jackson here for you.
0: (laughs) We will be back next week to talk about uh, Atlanta United's match against Charlotte FC. Uh, Until then, we'll see you later, Atlanta.